gentlemen, good morning. I think let's kick off this session of the Chef's Round Table, Chef and Cook's Round Table. And the topic for discussion today revolves around balancing your food in terms of nutritional value and um, taste. Um, for me, this topic was rather, it, it, it's, it's coming at the right time because now we have all this talk about eating right, eating healthy, people are going vegan, people are going vegetarian without even understanding what all these things do. And then there are people like me who, if there's no meat on the plate, then I struggle to eat the food. If you're going to give me things like katunkuma and intula, I don't care how nutritional they are. They just don't go down well with me. Eating cabbage three times a week is a problem, but eating pork for that same duration is not a problem. So our discussion is as chefs or as cooks at home and in various places where you prepare your meals, do you put emphasis on the nutritional value of your offering or do you put more in the taste and the type of, of offering? Is it that you only serve barbecue meats to people or you're going to mix and match and maybe serve steamed fish or something like that? If there's anyone who wants to raise their hand and kick us off, you're very welcome to do so. Even if you don't cook it and you say, just tell us what you prefer. Do you prefer taste or do you look at the nutritional value of what you're going to consume? Yes, Ignatius, please go ahead. Thanks, Mark. All right. Um... Uh, I think mine is pretty much just like you. Taste comes first before the nutritional value of the food, but I cannot eat the meats by themselves. There always has to be a balance of vegetables and whatever to counter. Because after a while, I, I feel I feel almost like I have fat or something like stuck in my system if I don't balance it out. <laughs> with the rest of it. And I that, that's how mostly we, I, we, we try to serve food huh? uh, for guests when, when we, get, we have them at home. You have the main course, which is like the main attractive dish, which is the meat, but you have all these, a vegetable salad, a couple of potatoes on the side and some soup to help it go down. Eh? And that's supposed to be like the nutritional balance of vegetables. I mean, the vegetable salad, especially not so many people go for it, but you always put a bit of greens on the table to make people's meals out. Oh, avocado. Avocado is actually usually a good one because lots of people mix avocado with their food, but there has to be a balance for every single meal, I, I think. So, so when you're eating your, your meals, when you put your, let's say, um, piece of, you half a chicken on the on the plate. How how much vegetable do you consume, or how much starch do you accompany that with? Would it be an equal measure, or it would just be a spoonful? Because does that balance out right? I think I think my case it would probably be equal measure. I I have a thing where I love the taste of meats, eh? but I can't have too much meats. Eh? Right? It's like when I eat it, I, I kind of 
I find I get disgusted with it at some point. Eh? Like I'd be like, okay, now this is too much. Like um, I think it was the time we went to James's place and he made us this uh, the most amazing his smoked pork. That shit was fantastic. I mean, he got these huge ribs, and but after I was done with like the second rib, I was like, okay, this is I need to eat something else and just leave these ribs alone because this is way too much flavor in my mouth. Something has to balance it out and just drinking the beer wasn't helping. So I needed, I think he made like cassava or something else on the side. Eh? So I kind of mm-hmm. first put the meat aside and just kind of first concentrated on this other thing that was kind of like, it was like cleansing my palate to let me enjoy the next meats later on. Something like that. It's like the vegetables help me be like a cleanser. Okay. At the same time, I was trying to, I guess, keep me healthy. Mm. All right. Interesting. Thank you. Moses, do you have anything to add to this? I see you cook a lot of meat as well. And um, I've never taken keen interest in what you serve on the side because, as I said, meat is very important in my life. I observe that when the meat is... um, What is it? When When the meal is meat heavy, I notice people tend to add two things to eat. Anan is a starch because the meat is a protein um, and just has one particular element there. Tend to, people tend to add a starch onto it and then also a bit of vegetable. There is a restaurant I went to recently and I ordered for chicken and they put the chicken on a, on a ring of, of pineapple, of roasted pineapple. It was amazing, but also made me enjoy the chicken much more because like I would bite into the pineapple, get some chicken, bite into the pineapple. So I find there's a bit of a balance there, not only in taste, but also in the nutritional value because I knew okay, I'm getting a bit of references here, I'm getting a bit of vitamins in here. And there's also a starch on the side. I think I had uh, mashed potatoes on the side with the gravy. And that really, I felt that was one of the most balanced meal I've had in a while, at least of that category, because most people tend to just Throw meat at you and potatoes, and, and you're done. All right. The other things, but also making vegetables interesting is something else that we have to look at because most people just throw together kachumbali and that's it. Um, that's that's interesting. The pineapple thing. Um, over the weekend, I had guests over and I made for them um, smoked pork ribs, chops. Um, I I did a hub chicken. Um, then I threw in just a salad. The salad had mango, cucumber, carrot, um, onions, a bit of mojave's um, cardamom, and mayonnaise. And guys seem to enjoy it, especially with the mango in the fruit. The cardamom, I didn't put in a lot, but I think next time I will. And when I looked at that meal, I felt a little bit balanced because I had some fruit in there, I had some vegetables in there, but what I didn't serve was a starch because I thought now that would be too heavy because you have two proteins, two heavy proteins, and you've got all of these you know, vitamins and stuff, vegetables, and you're throwing in a starch. Is it important to have all food types on the plate and then we call it valuable or call it balanced or call it nutritional? Is it something that we must have? Uh, for me, when I'm doing this, I see it this way, that um, the meat itself does not really last in the system that long. Because I, 
Arthur was here earlier than he left. Iggy, what did you do to Arthur? Arthur's network was weird, and he kept on saying stuff, but we weren't hearing him, so I think he just got off. Hmm. Okay. okay, so for me, the way I see it is that the meat itself does not last that long in the system, because the body, okay, this is what I think. I think that the body will just pick out from the meat the proteins it needs and discard everything else. So to make sure that the person has get some nutritional content and also because the meat goes through the system quickly i find that somebody after like an hour or two they're feeling hungry so i add in the starch to make sure that the starch which is is going to take a little bit longer for about digest somebody's going to stay full for a, a little bit longer so they like i enjoyed that person's food and i was also full for a long time which is good so next time they're like i need a filling meal which is enjoyable i'll get some starch but then I saw, like you mentioned, now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking about maybe adding a fruit salad, maybe a salad which is vegetables and fruits mixed better so that people are able to enjoy it better. But sometimes it's just vegetables on their own. Some people just look at it and the, the taste and the flavor compared to the mains tends to be lack, tends to be just meh. So guys just tend to ignore the veggies. But if the veggies are interesting, Maybe then can make it better. There's a, a trick. I forgot I that there were also peas in that mix. There were also peas in that mix. Yeah, peas. Yes. Mm. That's what I was thinking about yours because yours has a veggies and fruits together. So I'm thinking, yeah, that could work. The another thing that I do is sometimes potato salad with mayonnaise uh, and add in a bit of veggies inside it. So guys are like, okay, I'm getting some starch because the mayonnaise makes the potatoes easier to eat. For a lot of people, and maybe that helps the nutritional value. That's just my thought. I'm also seeing Pablo has joined, and James. Maybe they can also give their their thoughts on this. Hi, James. Hi, Walker. Hi, Rahma. Um, Pablo, this one is to you. We're discussing. To me. Uh, we're discussing nutritional value of your offering. Uh, the taste, which one do you, what do you go for when you're presenting your food? Are you, high uh, worker, are you putting in nutritional value as your key or it is the taste of the food that you want to put out there? So most times, at least 80% of my cooking is mostly about the taste of the food. Uh, the nutritional value, many times, is always lost when it comes to the taste of the food. Now, with my kind of uh, cooking, many times folks are not coming to me for having a full balanced diet. I know there are places you go and you'll have, for example, if you're having breakfast, you'll have everything from fruits, vegetables, beans, like the whole shebang. However, personally, when you come to me and we are talking, say it's about roasts, it's mostly going to be meat. On that meat, I will just pair it up with something that goes with it, say a salad, a side, a salsa, um, bread, or starched potatoes. But I rarely will go all the way and say, let us add um, some vegetables or let us put, you know, the juice or any of that. However, when it comes to uh, catering for events, say for example, uh, a, pa a party and they want local food, 
like what I did recently for the Mountain Slayers. Uh, I keep it, I go mostly for what we as a people are used to. For example, if we say local food, what, do, what is the definition of local food for us here in Uganda? You have starches, you have the sauces. So rarely will you have fruits in local food. That comes, that is what we call dessert here in Uganda. So when it comes to giving a balanced diet, it comes in the 20% of my cooking. Most times I don't go for balanced diet, I go for the taste of the food. And also what the clients want. You've brought into, you brought two questions in your mm. submission. Question number one, which you already asked um, Ignatius was, when you, for example, now when you're doing your roast, um, do, what is the quantity of the salad or whatever your pairing is to the, to the protein, to the meat? Would, if, you, if you up the quantity of the salad, would you make um, it more nutritional? Would, the, would it be more balanced? Then number two, you brought in the aspect of uh, the last uh, catering you did was for mountain slayers. So the question here is for different groups of people, for example, the mountain slayers, because they're going to climb a mountain, they'll need a particular kind of um, offering. But if you're going to give these slay queens, they'll probably eat something different. So when you're planning your meals, do you put that into consideration? You give the mountain slayers something that's going to give them energy to climb, then give the slay queens what's going to give them energy to you know, take pictures and strap their stuff. And then footballers come into play and then young men like me. So if you could um, submit on that and then we'll also hear from James. Oh, yes, also my young men like you. Okay, uh, maybe I didn't explain <laughs> it properly. <laughs> with my I kind of young man. <laughs> with my kind of cooking. So um, we look at the, the event that we had on Saturday, which was uh, basically a session on sexual harassment. And we say, okay, what do folks want? How much are they willing to spend? And they say they're willing to spend 20,000. How many are they? They're about 80 to 120 people. Okay, we are going to do local food at that price, all right? That's different from, we are going, we are traveling from here, we are going to Navy and we need a lunch pack. That is going to be different. If it's going to be a lunch pack, I will factor in things like time, distance, what is going to be needed, so you'll have things in there like eggs, you'll pack a juice, Uncle Jay's juice on the side. We'll have, we won't have the roasts. So if it's going to be a long distance, we'll have the cold, the cold, the cold foods, we'll have cold sandwiches with tuna. That is for the mountain slayers. However, as I say, for my business, when someone says, Pablo, we want roasts, that is what I will focus on. I will focus on the roasts. The rest of the things come to the sides. I will not necessarily increase the number, the amount of the portions of meat if I increase the portion of vegetables that I'm serving because I don't really focus on that. I hope I've answered that question. Yes, you have. James, do you have anything to add to that? Maybe anyone else who wants to talk about um, different foods for different types of people? There's a thing, oh, one, one other thing. Sorry, one other thing. Mark? Yes, sir. Uh, so I have had clients who have told me, 
Uh, Pablo, can you draft up a menu to help us say reduce weight? Can you draft up a keto menu that is going to help us? Um, I have a friend of mine who, who, who had, I think, cancer. Then there are some folks who don't eat certain things. When they come to me, that is not my specialty. I tell them, okay, I know a person who can do this. I send them over to Rogers. Then Rogers has a nutritionist. His wife, I believe, is a nutritionist. She, she sees them. She tells them, this is what you're going to, this is what you need, A, B, C, D. And Rogers decides to come up with a menu for them and cooks for them. That is what I do for clients like that. However, for me, tell me you want chicken. You have a birthday party, you want A, B, C, D, E. That is what I work with. Sometimes it's actually extremely unhealthy, extremely unhealthy. But it is what the client wants. It's like um, going, my business is like going for ice cream. You can't eat ice cream every day, but you sell ice cream. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Pablo. Um, anyone with their hand up? Hi, Romeo. Yes, Abid. Arthur seems to be back. Uh, so, yeah, I say like what Pablo mentioned. Sometimes when clients come to me, I ask them, what else are you going to serve at that place? They're like, okay, for you, just give us the two meats and maybe one starch, but we have everything else. Sometimes I ask them, do you have this and that? So there are times when, uh, if it's a particular event where the client is actually taking care of other things, you concentrate on what you are doing. I'm seeing Rahma's hand up. Yes, Rahma, please go ahead. Thank you, Abid. Hey guys, morning. So I missed the introduction, uh, but I'm assuming that the discussion is around food for large groups, not necessarily, not necessarily say food for home, right? No, just to clarify. No, let me clarify. The topic is balancing um, nutritional value over taste. Do you, when you're making your food, when you're cooking for large groups or for your home or for friends, do you put into consideration the nutritional value of your offering or you largely based on the taste of the food? Doesn't matter what it is as long as it tastes nice, even if it's only protein. All right, so for me, my logic, always is uh so usually i'm cooking for home and small groups and the logic behind is the number of children that need the nutrients is very small compared to the adults so i am going for test and not nutritional value like 90 percent of the time yeah okay, okay. But um, the other 10%, when you're considering nutritional value, how do you balance your food? Do you put in, I mean, on an average, protein versus carbs versus uh, the rest? What would you okay, say would so, be a good? Yes, so in such cases, I tend to, I tend to have more, okay, not more, but I add a lot of vegetables and, and fruits. Uh, so yes, I can do a mix of uh, broccoli, cauliflower, whatnot, the like, you name it. And then I also add an assortment of fruits, uh, fruit salad. And personally, I feel that more than makes up for 
whatever other unbalanced things I am serving. Thank you, Rahma. Um, Abid and uh, Pablo said that um, when the clients come to them and say, this is what I want, then you prepare the meal based on that. My approach is a bit different. The client will tell me we want a chicken dish, we want a, a beef dish, we want a this dish, and then I go back and I design the meal. I don't, I don't design it based on taste. I design it based on what foods would go well together. If you just said to serve the beef, what would be the best meal that you, the best start you'd serve it with? I must uh, confess that I've never really thought hard about nutritional value, but I know you must have a starch, a protein, a vegetable, maybe a fruit if you must, or I mix and match that. Um, and I try to avoid this idea of give me beef stew and give me matoke and give me this. I try to make it interesting so that even I like it when I'm cooking it, I enjoy the process of preparing it, of designing the menu. And then the last thing that comes in is, does it taste good together? Um, so if anybody else has an experience that they want to share based on designing menu for their clients and what do they base their design on? Would it be nutrition? Would it be taste? Would it be just to serve food and let them go? Moses, you have the floor. Yes, I uh, have. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, I've listened in to Yeah, compassion. Before, when I just kicked off, um, nutrition was not really looks good, but everything else was going in place. And but um, there's uh, always that guilt to have too much vegetable, too much starch, neck neck. So I try now to balance it out, maybe to 70 30%. Um, towards nutrition, that's a vegetable. I really try to use too much oil, um, throw in a fruit here and there. And um, I think it is the way to go. Most people are now looking at plant-based diets and all that. But meat, uh, cannot compromise on meat, ideally. Uh, if it is going to smoke, to smoke if there is no other way. Well, you can infuse the smokes and with all these uh, small droplets of, of, of essence and everything used, but uh, to get the raw test of, of the smoke, I get the firewood. However, anyway, we are moving towards that. We have reached the, the age of being uh, health cautious. And when it comes to the ladies, and they need to be perceptive. So, it is a catch-22. We need to start looking at the health benefits of right versus of taste of food. Um, one thing I've always realized is that taste will always grow on you. Um, it always starts in the mind and the eyes. If you really like what it is and not taste that good, but it will be acquired. With time, you get to get you get the taste that you you want. But is it healthy? Well, 90% of the time it's not. If it is good, well, we, we try to brush everything. But yeah, um, I think we are going to get there with time. 
but health should be the health model of the metric. The bigger half of it and compromise health. Thank you. And I think it's much cheaper to eat plants and vegetable and plant-based foods than it is to slaughter a cow and have it for dinner. Arthur, your hands up, please go ahead. Yes, hi everybody. Um, I've been sorry. I think I think I've been listening to it. Yes, uh, we come from a generation that uh, benefited from uh, very good nutritional foundations. Uh, when I say, you know, we were fed on uh, literally a, a balance of uh, plant and, um, you know, we had a high, well, a high carb diet, but also the fact that um, we ate meat uh, maybe once or twice a week for those who are lucky. Remember having special Sunday dishes and so on and so forth and then we run around like free-range chicken and they're climbing up trees to eat mangoes and guavas and um, <clears throat> we have to be cautious of the fact that now our children are not getting this uh, this has always been uh, something in the thought process uh, my own thought process from my own family for my sons that um, they, they, end up, they don't have access to what we used to have we also now have a lot of uh, um, processed foods on the market. I, I never, I very rarely ate, I don't have a sweet tooth, but I very rarely ate sweets, chocolates. Um, I think the only food, processed food that I ate that was my, that I loved was uh, farmer's choice pork sausages, you know, that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> but now if you look at, when I, when I, while I was listening to you guys, I was going through what uh, my, my, my sons eat, and 30% of it is processed. And when I say processed, we're talking about things like conflicts, like the things that we think are healthy, you know, they will come and packed in a colorful labeling and tell you it's high fiber diet and so on and so forth. And uh, when reality is processed, which means that it's gone through uh, refinements. So everything that is intentionally added or subtracted um, in and now in healthcare, we're actually seeing a lot of children who are developing things like uh, IBS very early. Uh, of course, we are, talk we are also talking about childhood obesity. You actually see these sorts of things now. My, <clears throat> so I'm sorry I've come from far um, because this is also one of my areas of research. The healthcare, the health food industry has really caused us a lot of, uh, it's becoming a bit of an epidemic. Sugar has been substituted with, uh, for example, corn starch or corn syrup, uh, where you see a labeling that has syrup, that syrup, that is very difficult to digest and gets, and is considered, some people call it a safe toxin. What happens, the body now stores it as fat. And, and this is an ongoing thing. So I do not know what's going to happen ahead of the, in the future, but uh, we are seeing a, a, a big change in our public health uh, in our public health situation. I will come back to some recent findings for, within our Ugandan uh, framework. Now for the children, what I do is, of course, some of you know, I live in the UK and the what I do is every time I'm in Uganda, I'm in Uganda right now, I carry all our organics because of course they're expensive there. 
I'm quite heavy on uh, mukene, the silver fish, because it's uh, nutritionally almost unparalleled. Um, and then of course, partial dry beans uh, and so on and so forth. So when it comes to balancing out, because boys are growing uh, I, and they, are play, quite, they play quite a bit, I'm about 40% carbs and the rest, uh, and then, then, then proteins, about 40% proteins and 20% vegetables. And, um, but I know growing as they grow, as they grow up and start going into puberty and long bone growth, then I have to flip that, um, flip the, the nutritional equation, uh, the, 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 whatever the formula, whatever I want to call it, the proportions to reduce the carbs and increase on the protein and the vegetables because that's when they need them, when they start eating their teens. So because also giving them the taste is very important. If they, you know, they tell their friends how they like muken and everyone goes, ew, <laughs> but they, it's an acquired taste they got and I hope they keep it up. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a big topic, but um, yeah, uh, I'll come, uh, if I get another opportunity, I'll talk about the adult aspect of healthcare and the findings we've just picked recently. Thank you. Thank you, Arthur, that's very, very insightful. Um, just by show of hands, if you can raise your hands, how many of you are big on processed foods for the family? Just have to raise your hand on the app. I see we are 12. I see Bob is there. So it's only Bob. I think you guys are lying, especially you, Moses, because I see you always making bacon wrapped chicken in the edges. Okay. Um, thank you, Bob. Are you, do you want to say something as well, Bob? Yes, I'd really love to. Um... Well, I don't know. I, I don't have context right now, but from what just Arthur has said, I think it's very, very, very hard to run away from processed foods, especially knowing that we are coming from a largely subsistence country which does farming and we can access the food. But it's actually very easy to prepare, very easy to access. And you, one has to really, really, really be deliberate in... Uh, how they how they actually uh, consume processed food. Personally, I think about 40% of what I consume involves processed food. That's if I include spices. And I think as I grow older, it's going to become more and more. So that's all I can say is that um, maybe, I don't know how to say it, but Maybe we need to reduce it. Maybe we need to um, be more deliberate. I don't know how we can be more deliberate or ingrain it in our day to day. Personally, I'm not big on uh, discipline in terms of uh, following through with stuff. Okay, um, spices, I think you're safe if you're buying spices made in Uganda. Probably won't, be, won't have so many additives in them, especially if you go to, um, Masala, masala foods and you know the other there's one called kathy something they don't put a lot of additives in them so you should be okay with dry spices um i saw somebody's hand up was it you ignatius no not me um anyone with a, a, another contribution 
when you're talking about processed foods and the value they add to your diet. Nanki, welcome. You hate processed foods. What, how do you pronounce his name? Me? I wish I knew what it was in food. Please go ahead. Hi, Mark. It's Mark. This is, this is the other Bob, but uh, ah. the, one, the one with the longer hair. Well, I must say that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I must so, say yeah. that processed foods, processed foods, for lack of a better way of saying it, are the easy foods. Like we are all running to this, uh, I need to cook a meal in five, four, three minutes and I don't have any skill. So what's the, what am I going to do? I'm just going to throw sausages on something or bacon or name it like as, as uh, Arthur was saying, like cornflakes, you're just going to break out some milk and you have the flakes in a box. So the unfortunate part, it's an evil that is coming with the times. The busier one gets, the less one seeks to find that meal that you're going to literally just go into the garden, pick up something, whip it up and easy. So the more plant-based we go, I, I believe that's where eventually that's the best part of it. And when I look at my eating habits, I try to cut down the processed stuff, but there are times when I honestly find it almost impossible to do that unless I have really predetermined or taken a predisposed position in the month and I'm stocking up on only the full on necessary, should I say fresh produce? Like if you're going to do your own bacon, you're going to have it sliced right thin and you maybe dry it in a solar dryer, if you're looking for that crisp. So it does take some investment to go all natural. Which I'm, which I'm not too sure is uh, within the limits of many people. But that would just be my, my view on things. A few uh, sessions ago, I think it was Monkey who told us that uh, you can prepare all your food, but come back and heat them up, you know, fry them up, and you'll be able to eat fresh. I, I still consider those fresh, and you'll still be all natural, and they should still be nice enough to go. But my question to you, Bob, is are you therefore saying that you prefer taste over nutritional value, or you'd rather have a more nutritious meal over a very tasty, unbalanced one? Um, what I look for on my side is find all the nutritional value and see how best to extract the flavor from it. Because uh, I think I prefer oriental cooking, especially the Japanese cuisine, because, okay, Japanese and Korean, and they are, they are big on your natural, they're very big on your plant-based uh, meals. They're easy to prepare and they have great taste. I don't like vegetables, but when I started doing uh, the Japanese uh, cooking and classes on that note, I found it, so refreshing to find small tweaks to vegetables and I would eat bowls and bowls of it. I was like, I don't even understand why I'm eating. So I had, a, uh, my partner then was saying that she never saw me ever eating that much in terms of veggies. So different cooking styles around the world actually help you pick up 
the best way to enhance the to enhance uh, the plant-based meals so yes i do agree with monkey when she said that you can prepare your meals early and have them uh you could stay pre like pre-made and i think i do that when i get the opportunity to especially when i'm around uh, when i'm home over the weekend then i can prepare my meals for the week if i'm not home it becomes very difficult especially when on the road all right i think i'll be coming to you for some vegetable lessons soon oh, yeah, um sure. after you had your hand up would love to hear from you yeah yeah uh yeah thanks so i first the issue of processed food is that uh, what i need i need to put a caveat um remember that anytime we cook bake prepare food we are processing food and the the issue of processing not all processed food is bad um there are some some the challenge is for some while they're trying to fortify food let's say extra some process it could be fiber it could be it could be even other nutrients and that's part of because a lot of processed food goes through machinery or you know or tubings or something like that now, like what Monkey was saying, she's talking about uh, what she told us, that's minimally bugs, spin. Like Bob, I also did not like vegetables. And, 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 and I was just me posting, I, it's something I had to be intentional about. Then of course there's food, which is, you know, they process at the, at the peak to, to lock in the nutritional quality and freshness, like canned, canned foods, uh, frozen tuna, vegetables. Those frozen things also have, they do that to, to they tend not to lose a lot because they also don't pass through a lot of machinery. Then of course, foods with the ingredients added for flavor and texture, sweeteners, spices, oils, colors, and preservatives. So these are include like, you know, like jarred pasta sauce, salad dressings, yogurt, cake mixes. Uh, now you you of, of, of trade-offs. Experiment quite heavily on uh, add additives that make that food addictive. So this now this becomes food for profit. So of course you know the famous ones like Coca Cola. I mean I'm 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 a, I'm a sort of addicted to Coke Zero. <laughs> I mean because I I was previously addicted to um uh, to okay. sugar you know sugar Coca Cola. So anyway the point is that this is a spectrum. So that I, I I'm just trying not to scare people off processed foods completely, but just for us to be intentional, to have an understanding of what it is that we are taking. Sorry for taking up time. Yeah. Problem. A bit of asked, what is the healthy substitute for processes at events? <laughs> I yeah. guess, you know, you know, um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I, I, this is something that has troubled me. I Like you, Mark, I love bacon. And bacon uh, ranks quite highly among the causes of uh, bowel cancer. Uh, mostly Does it? because of uh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So we are <laughs> so same as same as sausages. Now I don't know. I have no. The problem is that in the science of bowel cancer, it's you know what when you char meat, there is a 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 that black char inside that black char. Is a chemical. I think it's a nitrosamine or whatever it is that uh, is principal looking that you know mutating have that can cancer effect. 
of course the question is so the association is very strong but we are still it's big it's still being studied how it how it does it that's why they will tell you to lay off the bacon or lay off processed meats especially mostly because when they charge uh, the all those chemical reactions that's remember we talked about nitrites and that's the nitrite free preservative free bacon that seems to be the one that uh, the one that has preservatives then mm. so those are the we have those are the trade-offs. You enjoy something, but you also know that in the future you're likely to, yeah. And I don't have an answer for Abid's question. I also love sausages. <laughs> so okay, well, I think that sausages are made out of minced meat. So why wouldn't you? Preservative freeze. Pardon? Uh, yes, it's a, yeah. I don't. It's the preservatives that you see. The nitrates, the preservatives are the ones that are dangerous for us. But if you're able to make your means your sausage and uh, make, make, make it and figure out how we're preserving it without nitrates, then that's much, much better. You preserve it by freezing. I don't even think you need to preserve it. Just get your minced meat, roll it into a bowl, make meatballs, uh, make the, the kebabs. All those can go down. Yes, absolutely. Sausage. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you have your uh, answer. But also, Abid, please note that you can also substitute um, sausages with things like pickled carrots, pickled cucumber, etc. A bowl of kachumbari. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be fine. So, um, anyone else who has, Abid has asked again which are bad processed foods and good processed foods. I think. To me, the bad ones should be the ones with all these unnecessary additives to, to, to preserve them, whereas the good ones are the ones you whip up, like if you mince your meat and make a, a good a blend of spice to spice herb and meat, and then you cook it, that is a well-processed food. It should be healthier than um, one that has all the nitrates that Arthur is talking about. Anyone have an opinion on this particular question before we move on? We have just four eight minutes to go. Pablo in the, in, the, in the chat said that for him, processed foods like sausages are must on his servings because when he does platters, sometimes he looks at them and sees a heart attack in the making. But if the client wants them, what the heck, he's not the one eating them. So he won't be suffering heart attacks in the near future. <laughs> Um, a bit for kids, yes, it would work. You're talking about the meatballs and uh, and uh, kebabs. Uh, okay, the pickled pickled carrots and cucumber. Um, there's, there's actually a wedding that I catered I catered at, and one of the starters was uh, pickled cucumbers, carrot sticks, and cucumber sticks, and I gave them I put them in I gave them a, a mayo dip with sriracha and stuff. And um, mm. the kids enjoyed them more than the adults did. And it was a quick, I did a quick pickling. So it wasn't too strong, but you could still get the, the texture and then the, the pickled taste with the mayo and the kids enjoyed. Maybe they were hungry, I don't know, but they seemed to finish the lot. Uh, okay, actually I have a question for Arthur, something that I had earlier is, uh, Arthur, which food group is digested faster in the body? Which one disappears faster? These are proteins, the carbs, the veggies, the fruits. 
what mix would be ideal when you say faster if it's Which dependent are, on the fiber content uh-huh so for example for proteins uh obviously chicken uh like i mean the, the you know chicken turkey and so on what i've noticed is the chicken in the u in in the u let's like the uk the meats in the uk vis-a-vis the meats here because it's longer to digest which is even healthier then of course then from the proteins you move to it's essentially about fiber so in terms of fiber content proteins then uh then veg then vegetables now of course uh maize uh, portion for example with high, the high fiber content will last longer than rice for example um but you know it's 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 down it's down to the fiber content uh fruits fruits and then certain types of vegetables like spinach with the ones that we call scrubbers when you even taste them and they are a bit chewy those will last really long in your digestive tract so when you're doing a mix uh i remember that one new nutritional physiologist said if you if you do what you call targeted eating you you mix a high fiber food with a, a nutritional dense food so that the fiber holds that nutritional dense food through your digestive system so that as much extraction of nutrients is, is, is optimized. Does that help you a bit? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I like the way you have discussed <laughs> uninteresting. Eh? Yeah, James yeah, said bit. something important. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff said something important about uh, raw vegetables. One of the reasons why they encourage us to steam our vegetables is really about uh, retaining as much fiber and nutritional content as well. Because we also lose, the more, the more we cook the vegetables, the more we tend to lose the nutrition in the water, in the soup, unless it, you're serving it whole as a, as a stew. But if you're serving the vegetable in isolation, it's overcooked. You lose about half its nutritional content in the heating process. Okay, and uh, Monkey said that her nutritionist said that even though raw foods have the most nutrients, our bodies do not get most from them because we cannot process them raw very well like cows do. So we get the most amount of nutrients from cooked vegetables and raw vegetables because they've been broken down enough for us to process in the bodies. So, absolutely, evolution. Evolution. So, Our time's almost up. If there's anybody who wants to add anything, now's the chance. Chance, Jose, Romeo, it's good to see you in the back seat there. If you have anything, please, Ignatius has raised his hand, so I'll give him the floor now. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks, Mark. Um, just before we end, I think I saw before all this, I kind of checked out something about nutrition versus test and it was a little short YouTube video but at the end of it I think how this person who was making the video tried to balance it out is like if you have a circle of a plate if you want to balance out the nutrition and the, the let's say the junk or the test of it all they advise they maybe you say you do 50% starch 25% vegetables you can make them as tasty as possible and then 25% 
all the meats you want in the world, unless you particularly cooking for someone who just wants meat. But if you have at least 50 or 40% starch, this, this meal should be balanced up. And a couple of vegetables on the side should be balanced enough for whoever is trying to enjoy it. Mm. Small tape. Mm. Okay. So we've heard about you when you're cooking. Anyone, I'm going to tell you that personally, when I'm actually consuming, not now when I'm serving, but when I'm consuming, it is taste. I don't care about the nutritional value. When I'm cooking, I try to put in some nutrition, nutritional value, but also make it tasty and appealing. I will go to walk into a place, look at first, look at the picture on the menu, and I'll walk out if I don't like the picture. Or I will look at the food in somebody else's plate. If it doesn't look nice and won't look like it will taste well, even if it has all the vegetables in the world, I won't eat it. Anybody here? Yes, Ignatius again. I see your hand up. Sorry, I, I just didn't put my hand down the first time. Let me take it down. <laughs> Okay, anyone wants to say something on the taste on the consumption side as opposed to the offering side? Yeah, test for me. <laughs> taste for us. When you go to a restaurant, you don't care about the nutrition, you just want something nice. When you're at home, you care about the nutrition. That's why you eat silver fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't eat out much often. And monkey says, yeah, monkey says she'd go for 100% taste over nutrition, but her health won't let her. So she has learned to make nutritional things taste nice. Rahma, it's also taste. All right. Um, in case there's nothing else, we've had a very good discussion. And I think I've also learned something and I'm going to get a few lessons from Bob on, on how to make my vegetables taste better and have my kids eat them because they hate vegetables, unless it's cucumber and carrot. Okay. I think we need to, to wrap this up. We started seven minutes late and we're ending seven minutes later. So we're at the top of the hour. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone. Please, we have the WhatsApp group. So in case you want to continue this discussion, you can always share your thoughts there. If you're not on the group, please contact Abid. Oh, who else, Abid, is a Canard people? Even Asa, even you. Even I can, hey, I'm not powerful. Even me, you can hey. contact me and we add you. Then we can continue this discussion.